It's the dictionary. 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 Hello, word nerds. Welcome to another episode of the podcast called The Dictionary. I am Spencer, and I have chosen to create this podcast for your listening, enjoyment, and uh, education, I hope. I hope this is edutainment for you. We just need a little bit of silliness and mindless mindless uh, stuff just to take our mind off of things. But at the same time, you can learn. Okay, we need to say the first word, which is disincline. D-I-S-I-N-C-L-I-N-E. Transitive verb from 1647. To make unwilling. That's the whole thing. To make unwilling. Um, Disincline. So let's just look at the last word in the last episode. Disinclination is a preference for avoiding something. Slight aversion. So you're, you're unwilling Uh, preference for avoiding something. Yeah, you're unwilling to do a thing, Hmm. but you're making it unwilling, disinclined. How, what are you making? Who are you making? Making yourself, making somebody else unwilling to do a thing, to want to do a thing, to want a thing, Uh, disinclined. Well, the next word I think is going to make a lot more sense. Uh, Oh, the sound effect we're going to do. Wow disinclined with an ed at the end adjective from 1647 same year and also disinclination from the previous episode is also 1647 so disinclined is unwilling because of mild dislike or disapproval so you kind of don't really like something you don't really approve of it it's not like you're you're not feeling real strongly about it but you're leaning towards the disapproving side and uh, because of that you don't want to in uh, you don't want to you don't want to um, ah I can't think of the words that I'm trying to think of you don't want to connect with it in any way you don't want to do it you don't want to um, yeah it's very vague because you can be disinclined to lots of things, I guess. Maybe the synonym information will help. Disinclined, hesitant, reluctant, loath, and averse. Mean lacking the will or desire to do something indicated. Yeah, you don't have, you don't want to do this thing that has been indicated by whatever. What's what's the context? Disinclined implies lack of taste for or inclination. It implies lack of taste for a thing or inclination for a thing, as in disinclined to move again. Yes, moving is a very big job and expensive, and people there are some people who move a lot. I have not moved a lot, uh, partly because it's a big pain in my butt. Uh, Although... I do want to move. I don't want to live at this place forever. This also is in disinclined for reading. Disinclined for reading. I have not ever been a big reader. I am actually trying to get back into it. I'm trying to make a point to read more often. Even just one page is something. So I have often been disinclined for reading. It's kind of a weird 
sentence. Um, I'm trying to become inclined for reading. Hesitant implies a holding back, especially through fear or uncertainty. You don't know if you like a thing or not. You're afraid of it, kind of. Yeah, fear or uncertainty. What's What's going to happen if you do a thing? That's why you're hesitant. As in, hesitant about asking for a date. You're, you're hesitant because you're afraid that they might turn you down and reject you, but you can't let that kind of thing stop you. You just got to go do it. Don't be afraid of rejection. It will make you stronger and better in the long run if you go through that thing. You need, you need to change. You, need to, you, need to, you can't just sit on, sit on your little butt and and uh, just just let things go by and not take any chances. You got to live your life. That's what I say. Reluctant implies a holding back through unwillingness, as in a reluctant witness. They're holding back information or whatever it is because they just don't want to. Can you imagine a witness on the at, at a trial just say, they ask you a question. Nah, I don't want to. I don't want to say that. I'm being reluctant. I am unwilling to give you the information. It's not that they are uh, afraid of what might happen. That would be more hesitant. Um, yeah, they just don't want to. Reluctant. Loathe, L-O-A-T-H, implies hesitancy because of conflict with one's opinions, predilections, or liking, as in seems loathe to trust anyone. Now, I think that there is another word, loathe, that has an E at the end. I'm going to do a quick little check just to confirm my suspicions. Um, But I believe that that would be a different definition, right? Am I right about this? Tell me. Tell me quickly before I find this word. Will you be able to tell me? Probably not. Let's see. Yes. Yes. Uh, So, yeah, loathe or loathe, that's the one uh, that we've got here, and then loathe with an E is the other one. Are they related? I don't know. You're going to have to wait for almost 400 pages, which God knows how many episodes that's going to be. So let's go back to that synonym. Uh, Loathe. Loathe implies hesitancy because of conflict with one's opinions. Uh, And so because of the way you feel about a thing, you are hesitant to do something. The example is seems loath to trust anyone. It's very difficult to trust people. What what do they have to do to gain your trust? Um, if you've been burned, you uh, you might want to uh, you might have opinions that uh, you know it's hard to trust people, consciously or unconsciously. I'm not gonna lie. I it's hard to trust people when I'm watching movies. I'm like, are they being truthful or not? I mean, you know, movies are a whole different situation than real life. But, you know, I don't know if they're telling the truth or not. I constantly think that when I'm watching TV shows and movies. Averse implies a holding back from or avoiding because of distaste or repugnance, as in averse to hard work. I have a distaste for hard work, so I don't want to do it. I am also reluctant. I think that one kind of works. Also is in, not averse to an occasional drink. 
So we're using this in the opposite context. You are not averse because you do not have a distaste or a repugnance to the occasional drink. Okay, that was it for disinclined. I hope all of that helped you very much. We need to now move on to... Whoa! Disinfect. Transitive verb from 1598. To free from infection, especially by destroying harmful microorganisms. Broadly, the synonym is cleanse. Disinfection is a noun. We want to avoid infections at all costs. If you get injured in some way, you gotta wash it right away. Hot water, soap, and if you've got something else like alcohol swabs or other things like that, go ahead and put those on because you want to avoid an infection if you can. Disinfect the wound. You don't want to get sepsis or something like that. That's very, very, very bad news. It's it really, really, no, seriously, listen. Disinfect your stuff. All, you know what? We also can use this um, uh, if something is being reused. You know, uh, maybe doctors or dentists, uh, if they are reusing tools, they need to be disinfected because they could have, you know, germs from the previous person or other things. And so you gotta, they gotta clean them real good. Super, super hot soapy, whatever it is, whatever way they disinfect things, you, you gotta disinfect them, cleanse them, get rid of the harmful microorganisms that you can't see with your eye. Whoa! Disinfectant is next. Noun from 1837. This feels older than you would think. I mean, geez, disinfect was 1598. What were they disinfecting? Did they even know that they needed to disinfect things back then? Okay, disinfectant, an agent that frees from infection, especially a chemical that destroys vegetative forms of harmful microorganisms, as bacteria and fungi, especially on inanimate objects, but that may be less effective in destroying spores. So uh, this is a thing that you use that will hopefully disinfect and kill all of the things that you don't want to be living on a thing. I'm just I'm just simplifying it. Wow. The next word is disinfest. Disinfest. Transitive verb from circa 1920. To rid of small animal pests. And examples of these pests are insects or rodents. Uh, Disinfestation is a noun. Uh, So yeah, if you have an infestation of insects or rodents or something like that, uh, you probably don't want them living in your house. uh, And so you want to disinfest your place, whatever it is, uh, of these things. And uh, so you got to do some disinfesting. I will suggest I would prefer it if you could get rid of them without murdering them. Um, I understand that's not always possible, um, but especially for like the rodents, you know, squirrels, raccoons, possum, whatever. If you can just get rid of them, patch up the hole, they can move on to somewhere else, not in your house. That's probably best. Oh, next is disinflation. Noun from 1880, a reversal 
of inflationary pressures and disinflationary, disinflationary, that is an adjective. Well, I would assume that this has to do with money, but maybe other things too. I mean, maybe literally if you're inflating a ball, um, if you want to reverse that, you can dis do some disinflationing, disinflation, disinflate it, disinflate that ball. Um, we are having a lot of inflation right now. Um, we've have been having a lot of infl- an inflation over the last couple of years, and you know, 2020, 2021, 2022, and uh, you know, we're there. They've been raising the interest rates to hopefully stop the inflation from happening. So maybe we can have some disinflation in our near future. Whoa! The next word is disinformation. Noun from 1939. False information deliberately and often covertly spread in order to influence public opinion or obscure the truth. And the example of how this could be covertly spread is by the planting of rumors. Somebody is putting out rumors which will spread this information that is wrong. Oh boy, have we seen this since 2016 and earlier. Um, Jeez, I mean, I think it was because of disinformation that Trump got elected in the first place. Uh, Wasn't it, they have basically proof that Russia was putting things on social media and giving out disinformation. Of course, when COVID hit, uh, Trump and other people were putting out disinformation. Sometimes it was deliberate sometimes it wasn't deliberate but there was a whole big spread of information that was wrong scientifically factually wrong about things which really made the covid pandemic worse than it should have been um oh i mean uh, the examples of disinformation are endless especially with that president that we had okay um yeah it's a big problem and uh you know i it's it's not gonna ever stop being a problem probably 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 so uh you know social media places like twitter they're supposedly trying to stop disinformation from happening uh it sucks though because some people just don't believe it you know even if you show them all the references and the facts and everything that prove that a thing is right uh, people, but I don't, I don't believe you. It's not a thing that you can believe or not. It's right or wrong, true or false. Um, it's, it's a, it, people are silly. So silly. Moving on. Wow. Disingenuous. D-I-S-I-N-G-E-N-U-O-U-S. Adjective from 1655. Lacking in candor, also, giving a false appearance of simple frankness. The synonym is calculating. Disingenuously is an adverb, and disingenuousness is a noun. Um, hmm. I feel like I know the word, but I feel like the definitions made it more confusing to me. (laughs) Lacking in candor. Um, I mean, disingenuous basically feels like not genuine, right? You're false, you're fake. Um, but candor feels like, I don't really know how that's connected to this one. 
uh, at least the way that I think of that word. And then giving a false appearance of simple frankness. Well, simple frankness seems to be that you, um, you're very open and honest, which is candor. I would call that candor. Um, but you're giving the false appearance of that. So you, it looks like you're being true and honest, but you're not. Yeah, okay, this is making sense. Uh, so you're disingenuous. You seem like you're genuous, but you're not. Genuous, genuine, ingenuous. Is that a word? It must be, right? Um, calculating. Okay, so this is like, it's like a lot of um, sneaky thoughts going on in the head to, to be like, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to act this way, but I'm really thinking this. You got to be, you got to have, you got to be very smart to be doing this sort of thing. Uh, I wouldn't be able to do it. I'm not that, that sneaky. I hope that the fact that I have a bad vocabulary uh, is helpful to some of you listeners who also don't have a v- big vocabulary. I feel like um, I can talk to the the, the general public. Uh, not most people don't have, um, you know, they they're not intellectuals. They're not, and I am not by any means. Um, they're they're they they speak the common language. Um, when I hear people use big words and stuff i'm like can you can you simplify this for me please and so i i hope that uh the way that i talk is somewhat helpful you probably want to laugh at me a lot which is perfectly fine because i want to laugh at myself too but yeah sometimes i just can't think of the right words and if i think of a word it's probably a very basic word which is gonna help the most people including myself let's move on whoa disinherit uh, transitive verb from the 15th century. One, to prevent deliberately from inheriting something as by making a will. So you're deliberately preventing somebody from not getting a thing that they're supposed to get when somebody died. Two, to deprive of natural or human rights or of previously held special privileges disinheritance disinheritance that is a noun uh so yeah i mean if you're so the idea of inheriting a thing is that you have a right to this thing either by somebody dying or some other way some sort of natural or human right um and uh but disinheriting means nope sorry you can't have that thing that you deserve wow next is disinhibition disinhibition noun from circa 1927 loss or reduction of an inhibition and the example of that would be by the action of interfering stimuli or events Uh, as in a couple examples the first one is disinhibition of a reflex reflex so this is loss or reduction of an inhibition so inhibition of a reflex would be would the would the reflex be the inhibition wait a minute i'm confusing this i think Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. so it's done by the action of interfering stimuli or events so i guess if if you maybe put a little electrical char no you do something 
I'm thinking of this reflex thing. I feel like I also just started three or four sentences and didn't finish any of them. So let's actually finish a sentence. In this example of the reflex, if they don't want the reflex to go, they can do something to the muscles, the nerves, the whatever it is. And so when they try to make the reflex happen, it doesn't. So that would be a disinhibition of a reflex. There's another example, disinhibition of violent tendencies. So if maybe a person has violent tendencies, then maybe you can do something to them to stop them from having having violent tendencies. Hopefully, it's just talking to them and therapy. That's probably the best way. Disinhibit. Disinhibit is a transitive verb, and disinhibitor is a noun. Could be a person, could be another thing that is stopping something else from happening. Wow. The next word is disintegrate. This is a verb from 1796 starting with transitive verb. One, to break or decompose into constituent elements, parts, or small particles. Breaking a thing down into its smallest pieces, basically. Disintegrating. Number two, to destroy the unity or integrity of. And that could be whatever. That could be a, uh, a system in place, um, uh, not a physical thing necessarily. Uh, yeah, so if it's just being broken down, um, it's not together anymore. I'm trying to think of like, I don't know, um, a, a, uh, a company could disintegrate into smaller companies. That's an okay example. All right, let's read the intransitive definitions, which is number one, to break or separate into constituent elements or parts. Two, to lose unity or integrity by or as if by breaking into parts. Three, to undergo a change in composition, as in an atomic nucleus that disintegrates because of radioactivity. That's the whole thing about radioactivity is that it's it's losing pieces bit by bit. Sometimes it's slow, sometimes it's fast. Um, everything really is radioactive, I think. Uh, is it literally everything or most everything? Um, they're, they're losing pieces. Maybe it's like little electrons are flying off. And so that that's radioactivity. Um, but yes, if the nucleus is breaking down, it's it's got radioactivity. Disintegration is a noun. Disintegrative, disintegrative, that is an adjective. And disintegrator is a noun. The one who is making the disintegrating happen. Okay, we have one more word for this episode. Wow. I don't know what this sound is. It's just a silly sound. The last word is disinter. D-I-S-I-N-T-E-R. Disinter. Transitive verb from 1611. One. To take out of the grave or tomb. If something is in a grave, it has been interred, I think. And then if you take it out, 
It has been disinterred. We've undone the process by putting the D-I-S prefix on there. Two, to bring back into awareness or prominence. Also, to bring to light. The synonym is unearth. It doesn't have to be literally, doesn't have to be a physical thing, uh, just bringing a thing to light, making it known, um, just giving the information out to the people, whatever it might be, if it has been disinterred. Disinterment is a noun. We recently watched that movie Life After Beth, and uh, she, well, I mean, it, you kind of know it pretty early on, or it's in the description. Uh, she's a zombie. Um, and, uh, so she disinterred herself, uh, because she climbed out of her grave. Yeah. Isn't it so much fun when zombies disinter themselves, uh, or themselves? Okay, let's reread the words so we can pick one as the word of the episode. We had disincline, disinclined, disinfect, disinfectant, disinfest, disinflation, disinformation, disingenuous, disinherit, disinhibition, disintegrate, disinter. Okay, well, it's down to two. Um, I believe my runner-up is going to be disinfect uh, because, I mean, it's really friggin' important to disinfect your wounds, whatever you got. Uh, Please, please, please disinfect. If you fall and scrape your knee, disinfect it. So, I'm going to pick disinformation as the word of the episode because this has been just a huge problem uh, in the last 10 years. I don't know. I'm just saying a number. Uh, 10 years or so in in my lifetime right now. And, uh, you know, I think we have to all work very hard to stop disinformation from spreading. Let's work really hard to stop disinformation. I don't like disinformation. No, I don't. Do you? No, you don't. Do I? No, I don't. Disinformation is really bad. I think my tones are all off the charts, all over the place, but that's okay. It's just fun to sing little songs, and I think you should do that too. That is going to be the end of this episode. Um... I guess I've sort of been in a pattern of telling you what movies I've been watching, and we've been watching a bunch of movies, so I'm going to tell you some more. Uh, I think I mentioned Bullet Train. I think I did. Uh, Yesterday, we watched three movies because it was a Sunday. Uh, We started kind of early with Megan, the new creepy horror thriller comedy movie, which is, uh, I I really liked it. Sharon really liked it. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I don't want to really say anything. I, I like saying very little other than I liked it. I think you should watch it if you like those sorts of movies. Uh, we watched Shoplifters, which I think it might be from the same guy who did Parasite, um, takes place in Japan, I think, I believe, oh, yeah, I think it's Tokyo, if I remember correctly, and, um, yeah, this is, this is a really good movie to watch, because it kind of shows the life of people who live there, who, uh, most people probably don't really think about, uh, and so I thought it was a really, it, it's a portrait of these types of people's lives, and they're, and it's great, it's great, I liked it. And then we watched Guess Who's Coming to Dinner from 1967. And 
uh, I had never seen it before. Sharon had never seen it either. And it's really good. And it's really important uh, for especially that time in America. And um, it was it's a fascinating watch. And I highly recommend it. And uh, I didn't realize that Spencer Tracy died about two and a half weeks after filming this movie. He was in real crappy health during the filming. And uh, it actually affected the filming a little bit. And then he died. And that was pretty sad. He was only like Actually, I think he was literally like 67 years old. I think he was he was born in like 1900. Um, and uh, I'm semi-named after him, so that's also nice. And uh, yeah, it, 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 you got you to gotta watch it. If you haven't watched it, you got to watch it. Guess who's coming to dinner? And the, the title does not reference what I thought it referenced. It references something slightly differently. Maybe you're the same. I don't know. Okay, we're going to end this episode right here. Thank you very much for listening to me talk about these words and saying other things and sounds and songs. And until next time, this is Spencer dispensing information. Wow. (laughs) 